Welcome to our It's Still the Cross service during this Holy Week leading up to Easter. We're really glad that you joined us. Yes, we're so glad you're here. I want to give you a quick rundown of what's going on tonight. We're going to have a couple testimonies tonight by Roger Taylor and Jacob Bogus. 
And after that, we're going to have a special song by Skylar and Zanae. And then after that, Tisha Maxwell is going to come and give us a little devotion. And then we're going to take communion together. And then we're going to conclude in worship. So we're going to go ahead and pray over the night right now. If you just pray with me, pray with us. Lord, we thank you that we're able to gather together this holy week together, Lord, to set our eyes on what you did for us over 2,000 years ago and what that means for now what that's mean, and what that means forever. I just pray your spirit have liberty in this place. I pray that if there are souls here who are lost, people who are struggling with their faith or having doubts, Lord, I pray people be saved tonight. I pray this week we see incredible salvations this week through Easter and through all the things we have going on. I pray for, once again, for liberty in this place, that your spirit move mightily, and most importantly, that your will be done, your will be accomplished, Lord. We ask these things in the powerful, precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hello everyone, my name is Roger Taylor, and I'm waiting for him to put a picture up there. That was me three years ago. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit of, of my testimony tonight. I am 52 years old and grew up in Bloomfield, Missouri. When I graduated, I went to uh, the service, served six years in the United States Navy. Uh, I have dabbled in and out of drugs for the past 20 years. Uh, I didn't really knew what it meant to be addicted to meth until I turned 37 years old. That was the first time I used a needle. My life spiraled out of control. My family didn't want anything to do with me. He, oh, excuse me. Today, that has all changed because of Jesus. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. God's desire is to do an extreme makeover on us. I've been so blessed, and God has gave me a great job at SEC, helping others that went through the same things as I did. Uh, the, Lord, the Lord has blessed me with a godly woman. She loves Jesus just as much as I do. There's too many things to list of what he has done for me and my family. He has restored my relationship with my brother and sister and their families. He has gave us a wonderful church and church family. Uh, I could go on and on. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I am a walking, talking miracle today because of Jesus Christ. God bless y'all. What an incredible testimony. It's so amazing what God can do in our lives. Um, tonight I'm going to try to make this brief and I'm going to try to hold it together because I was already kind of tearing up over there. Um, Isaiah 53, I'm going to read it because I'm kind of messed up. <laughs> if it'll come up. I apologize. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. There's so much that happened in the week leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. He did so much. Um, and every single thing that he did and every single thing that he went through had significance. Um, 
and the one thing that I want to talk about is how the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. Um, the last several years have brought on some, um, some crazy things, some wild times, some, some wonderful times. Um, but some things um, my wife and I have been through have been pretty tough. Um, we've, we've lost um, my father-in-law to suicide. Um, we have um, lost a child. Um, and we've kind of, we've went through some, some other things too, but I'm here to tell you tonight that what Jesus did to bring us peace is so, so incredible because in everything that we've been through, and I'm, I'm not going to try to do a sob story, go through things, but, um, you know, I even told my brothers times where I felt like, you know, these past few years has been like I've been Job, um, but God through every bit of it has brought me peace. Um, there's a song that, that I love by my favorite artist, and the opening line says that the best me is unafraid when I am deeply aware of the love of the maker who made me. I'm going to say that one more time. The best me is unafraid when I am deeply aware of the love of the maker who made me. His love for us is incredible. And the things he did for us that week, we, we can't even fathom how much peace and grace and mercy was brought to us because of his sacrifice, because he took our place and he took our burdens upon him and he has been through everything that we could imagine so that he can set and he can be by the Father and he can express his love for us and he can... I'm sorry... And he can just speak on our behalf to the things that we go through in this life. And he can explain to the Father where we are and that he can bring us peace in all those things. So I'm just here to tell you tonight about how great the love of God is, no matter what you're going through. How great his peace is, how great a testament it is that through anything in this life, I have confidence that Jesus is working all things to my good. The pastor's message last Sunday was incredible. That the things we go through, it might not make sense at the time, but Jesus is doing a work. And his peace and his love is great, and it will see us through that work to the end. Thank you, guys. if you'd like, but we're going to sing about the wonderful, beautiful cross. Divine, a wondrous 
was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till Trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a Jenny for this opportunity. Uh, when you first asked me, I'm like, yes, of course. And then as I got closer and closer, it's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> no, uh, when I thought about the cross, uh, lots and lots of different scriptures came to my mind, all that the Paul or Paul the apostle taught us. There's so much that he taught us about the cross all throughout the gospel. Uh, are all throughout the New Testament. Uh, but tonight, I had all these scriptures going on and on in my head, and tonight I'm like, okay, God, what is it, though? What do you want me to tell these people tonight? And I felt like he said, tell them it is finished. Tell them it is finished. And so, okay, well, what is finished? And we all know that when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. And then we also are told in the gospel that when he gave up his last breath, that the veil that had separated the holy of holies was ripped in two. From top to bottom, it was ripped in two, symbolizing that that which divided us from coming to our Father had been done away with it had been ripped in two and i thought about jesus and every single thing that jesus did was always pointing us to the father it was always about the father revealing the father speaking of the father's kingdom speaking of the father's ways of the father's nature and so what was finished on the cross was that thing that had happened in the garden it's like hard to talk about the cross without going back to the garden and what happened there. And what happened there was 
as we all know, Satan entered the scene and sin entered the scene and Adam and Eve were separated from God. And as soon as they had bitten that apple, as soon as they had chose to listen to, to first of all entertain the lie of the enemy over what God had told them, so much to the point that it said Eve became convinced of it and took the fruit and then gave to Adam and Adam took the fruit. That sin entered and when that entered immediately they seen their nakedness. Immediately they were ashamed. Shame entered. Fear entered. When God who would come and, and talk with them in the garden came, they were no longer excited. They were fearful. They went and hid themselves. So hiddenness came. And what God told them was true. He said, if, he said, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And not only did Adam and Eve begin to die that day, but all creation began to die. Uh, Paul tells us in Romans that the whole earth, all of creation became under the curse of sin and death, and death itself was what was reigning. And so, Jesus, and uh, I did write a few things here I'm going to get to. Uh, Where is it? Okay, here's, here's what I wrote as I, I meditated and I just thought about this. But Jesus became separated from God so we can be reconciled to God. He became forsaken so we could be accepted. He became a curse so we could be blessed. He went to hell so that we wouldn't have to. And so... I was reminded of what Paul told the Galatians. He said, having begun in faith, having begun by faith, do you now think that you can complete what has begun by faith by works? And he said, no, you must be under some type of spell. And I feel like that God really, really wants us to know that our sonship and God is totally positioned in what Christ did, that it's finished, that there's nothing else that we have to do, that he has done it all. And now our journey is learning, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a son or a daughter of God? And what that means is that it doesn't mean that in this world, it doesn't mean that we're not going to face hardships. He says he's going to be an ever-present help in our time of need. But it means that we always have a father to run to, that we're not alone, that we're no longer orphans. That's what this means. We have been given our identity back. We don't have to do this alone anymore. That God, your father, is the one who can meet your needs those needs that maybe you look to your spouse or your child or your job or whatever to meet. No, we go to God the Father to get those needs met. It is in our Father that we find our identity. It is in our Father that we find our purpose. You, I am glad that we have all of these young kids in here because you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have an earthly father or not because you have a heavenly father. And that heavenly father, he knows your name he created you with purpose. That, that we're not happen chance. You don't have to figure out your life on your own. You know God knows every detail he has for your life. It's a, it says in Psalms that he's written it in a book. It says that he's ordained good works that we should walk in them. And so what did Jesus do? He took down that veil that separate us from Father God. And every single thing that we're looking for is found in Father God. Our identity is found in him. Our purpose is found in him. That love that no person can give you. I promise you no person can give you the love that God can give you. That love that you have to have to make you whole. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Right now you guys can go to Papa God. Right now he's there for you. And uh, there's a scripture verse my uh, printer was partially out of ink, so it's kind of hard to read this stuff. 
well, where Jesus says, it's a verse we all know, and he says, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must deny yourself, you must take up your cross and follow me. And as I read that verse, the Lord really highlighted to me this, that if you want to be my follower, you must deny yourself. What was infected with sin was the flesh, the carnal, everything of this earth. What was in the garden, when we go back to the garden as we talked about earlier, and I know I, I gotta speed this up, but if we go back to that, everything was infected of this earth by sin, it's cursed. Paul tells us that our sin nature, guys, your flesh, even if it wants to obey God, it can't, it's not possible. This is why Jesus had to die. This is why Jesus had to be born of a virgin because everybody born into mankind is born under sin. Automatically, you're born into sin. Automatically, you're born under the curse. Automatically, you're born in rebellion. Jesus had to be born of the virgin so that he could come and live a sinless life and redeem us. And I say all that to tell you, stop looking to your flesh. Your flesh is not where it's at. Jesus said you have to deny yourself, your thoughts, your way of thinking, all of the ways that this world is teaching you how to do things, that is not kingdom ways. Jesus taught us over and over about kingdom ways. He taught us about the ways of Father's kingdom. And when you become born again at the cross, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the door to the Father. He's the door to your identity, your true identity as sons and daughters of God. Thank you, Lord. And so he says that you must deny yourself, deny your own thoughts, deny your own way of thinking, deny your own way of doing things. There's another verse in the Bible where Jesus says that I am, I am the vine and you are the branches and apart from me, you can do nothing. We cannot do good apart from God. So those times when maybe you're messing up because I've been there and I think, man, I got to get it together so I can go back to God. No, it is in those times of need that Jesus died. It's in those times that we run to the cross. We say, Jesus, your blood paid the price for my sin. We repent of it. We say, I know this was wrong. I need your help. And we pull on the help of God, our father. And uh, so deny yourself take up your cross. And that's identification with the cross of Christ. Your cross was the cross of Christ. When, when Jesus died on the cross, you died on the cross with him. Your flesh died with him. That is the only way we get a pardon of sin is when we identify and we become one with Jesus Christ in his crucifixion. And then the Bible says we are raised to life with him. And now it's the brother quoted it. It's no longer us that lives, but it's Christ that lives within us. And one of the things that we see that can sort of represent this to us is the marriage between a man and a woman. When you get married, it's no longer about that person or that person. It's about you together. When you become a Christian, it's no longer you on your own. It's no longer you making decisions on your own. You are now united with Christ. You are now cleared free to go to Papa God. Whenever you need help in your weakness, he tells you he will be his strength. And so now we got a relationship back with Jesus. We got a relationship back with Papa God. And guess what? We get a gift called the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples, he said, don't, he said, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses, but don't do anything until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that I'm going to give you. And when I give you Holy Spirit, he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you in all truth. He's never going to leave you. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the spirit of adoption. I want you to know right now that you are never alone. Do you know you're never alone? Do you know God is more real than the person next to you, that he wants to manifest himself to you in a tangible way, that you can know him, that you can hear the counsel of the Holy Spirit, that you never have to figure things out on your own or do things in your own skill or your own strength? So I'm getting back to my scripture. And the last thing was follow me, and that was Holy Spirit, because the Bible tells us 
that those who are led by the Holy Spirit, that those are the mature sons and daughters of God. So that is our goal, is to learn more and more how to yield ourselves over and be led by this incredible gift that has been given to us by Jesus Christ, and that is Holy Spirit. So thank you guys very much. And, and actually, if you don't care, can I, can I just pray? Okay. So, Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for this sacrifice that he made. I thank you for his life that he laid down, that each and every one of us now have free access to you, God, that we have now been given the spirit of adoption, that we are no longer orphans. We are no longer striving. We are no longer trying to make ourselves okay. We don't have to do that. In fact, it's not even possible for us to do that. But God, that we are able to receive your free gift of grace, your free gift of salvation, that you are our righteousness, that all of our righteousness is as dirty rags. And to, we take on your righteousness and we are made perfect by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so God, I thank you for that truth. And God, I pray over these people, Lord God, I pray God that they would know that they are so precious in your sight. They will know that they are your sons and your daughters and that no longer can anything separate it them from you no sin can separate them from you no bad habit can separate them from you no person can separate them from you that there is the blood of Jesus that cleanses them and they have free access to you at any time and I thank you for that I release that truth over them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ amen Praise the one that wonderful. Give everybody so far a great big hand, all the testimonies, and what a powerful devotion. We're going to be doing something very special right here, and they just wanted me to give you a little bit of an introduction. We're not going to preach a message on it or anything, but just for introduction, first of all, if you're a visitor here, we have what we call open communion at the palace. You do not have to be a member in order to take communion with us. All you got to do is be a believer in Jesus Christ, a follower of him. And in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the apostle Paul lays out the guidelines of communion and he talked about how back in the day of the Corinthian church, they were coming together and having a big party and some had a lot, some had a little and some didn't have anything for his food and they were coming and eating and partying and people were left out and there was division and and Paul said, what is this? Do you not have houses to eat in? This is not the communion of the Lord. And he gave them some instruction. And he said, what you're doing is so uh, disrespectful to the body of Christ that many of you are sick and some of you even sleep. In other words, you've died as a result of taking the communion unworthily. And when people read that passage of scripture, they get scared and think, oh, I don't want to take the communion unworthily because if I do, I may become sick or I may die. The only way you can do that is if you're taking the communion communion for show or you're taking it for the wrong reasons. There's only one reason to take the communion and Jesus, uh, or Paul uh, outlines that in the story about Jesus at the Passover, which we're going to give you in just a moment. So don't be afraid. If you're here today and, and uh, you want to take communion, all you got to do is say, Lord, I ask you if there's anything in my life that is uh, not acceptable with you, forgive me because I want to take communion to honor you. Did you know the Lord wants his followers to take communion? He don't want you to be fearful, but you do just examine yourself and if there's anything there that you just examine, if you're taking it for the right reason, then you're going to be blessed. The apostle Paul said this, the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread in his hands and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he told them, eat for this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he looked and he took a cup and he said, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood and for the remission of sins that I'm going to shed on Calvary for you, drink of that cup. And then he said, as often as you eat that bread and as often as you drink that cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. And so we're going to have communion. When you come up, they're going to serve you. They're going to give you a piece of bread. You break it. That represents Jesus's body being broken for you. 
that through his stripes you are healed. Through the pierceness of his flesh, all, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our pieces upon him, through his stripes were healed. Isn't that a marvelous thing? And then when you take that cup, it represents the blood that he shed. And you're saved through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And then when you do that, it's like you bring in remembrance to yourself and to him of what he's done for you. It's an act of worship. And so we want you to feel free to take communion. If uh, those that's going to serve the communion, Pastor West, Pastor Reasons is going to come. We're going to dismiss in sections. And what we want to do when you're finished, we want you to go back to your seat and sit down because the service is not over as of yet. We're going to let this section right over here go first to my left. If everybody in this section will come up, come to one of these uh, um, uh, ministers and they'll serve you communion. And then when you're, when you're done, you can return. You can do it in groups. You can do it in families. You can do it individually. They'll give you instruction at the cross. Amen. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation Now revealed in you, our Christ What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The okay. name now if this of section here Jesus would come on up, Christ my It would be best if you guys went to the left What a beautiful name Just come right through here and nothing compares On your way to through, this. if you'll grab a cup. What a beautiful name. Going around the table, please. The name of Brother Josh. Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you. Sin was great, your love was greater. So, what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is! What a wonderful name it is! The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is! Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus.
Your hidden glory in creation Now revealed in you are Christ What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven. Sin was great, your love was greater. So, what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is! What a wonderful name it is! The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is! Nothing comes. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
Just linger right here for just a moment. Just linger in the presence of the Lord. We don't have to rush. Hallelujah to your name, Father. We praise you. Lord, we thank you for our salvation. It is rich. It is full. And you pay the price for it. I praise you. You can be seated for just a second. I was thinking about how this is uh, the Holy Week or Christ on his way and his passion and his love for us and how he gave his all for us. And, and tonight is just to cause us to take a time to reflect and to remember that. But also I want to encourage you to be walking also with the same passion and love for God as he has loved us. He, had, he was passionate for us, and we need to be passionate for Christ. Do you agree with me? Yes. Yes, amen. Let's give the Lord praise. I want to love God with that same passion he has for us. And this week is not over. We have several other things that are, are uh, coming up, and we wanted to remind you. One of them is uh, the uh, community worship. We are one. It's at the where the Rogers Theater is in the uh, parking lot. And I'm sure if you get there at 7 o'clock, you will see people there ready to worship God. And there's going to be communion there. And you don't want to miss that. And that is on Friday. And then? No, it's 7. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> and then Saturday. And then Saturday, there's also an Easter egg hunt for all of the children at Watley Park. Starts at 10.30 a.m. And they're going to have a time of connection with kids there. We want to try to somehow connect. Our children's minister does. Brother Mike's done a tremendous job with his team. So feel free to go out there and, and watch. If you don't have children, fellowship, and bring your children, grandchildren, whatever out to that. Also, the Easter service is at 9 o'clock. We're having two services, 9 o'clock on Sunday morning and then at 1045. Now, I'm holding this little card in my hand. That's what I read all this off of. And there are... Um, several back in the back and the ushers are back there ready to hand them out to you do you know that during this season if you ask someone to come to church they are 86 percent likely to come is that not awesome this is like a really a, a time to invite people but do you know that the church body there's only two percent that ask people to come well we've made it easy for you Get these little cards. Don't just take one, take five. Think of your neighbors. I'm telling you already this week, I've asked people that have, uh, through the drive-thru, I've invited them to church, and they're like, yeah, I've been there. I said, well, come back and visit us. Just invite everybody. They want a personal invitation, and this is a special season. And I just love that we take the time to remember our Savior. Easter is one of the most fabulous times of the year because we serve a risen lamb. Our message Sunday morning is going to be a little bit different than any uh, message that I preach. The Lord's kind of given me a direction. I've been kind of nervous about it, to be honest with you. This is number. This is my 35th year here uh, coming up in August at the church. And out of those 35 years, we've had a few uh, Easter programs where I didn't preach very few. But I preached over 30 of them. And I got to thinking, Lord, what do I preach? Because there's so much to say about Easter and about the events. And we preached everything that I can imagine on it. And then the Lord began to drop some nuggets into my heart. And I know that you're really going to enjoy it. I know the Lord's going to bless you. But again, as my wife said, this is my, the most fabulous time of the year to be a witness. Be somebody that will go out and invite somebody to church. Because they will eventually... Come if you'll keep asking them, and Easter's a great time to bring them in. We love you. We thank you for participating with us tonight. How many enjoyed the service? Did you enjoy it? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to thank everybody for the hard work and putting us all together. We love you. We praise you. We're going to dismiss in prayer tonight. Our Father, we're thankful for the wonderful time of the year and what it means to us. Thank you for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of sin and our names written down in the Lamb's Book of Life with the hope of eternal life. We pray God blessings upon every single one of those members and, and, and the people that are gathered in this sanctuary tonight. 
I pray as they go out that you'll give them divine favor, that you'll bless their going in, their come, their going out, they're lying down, they're rising up. I pray everything that they do will prosper. I pray that they'll be in good health. I pray, Father, that you would just minister in such gracious ways that it'll even blow their highest expectation, God, to where they will be able to worship you extravagantly because of your blessings upon their life. I pray also, Lord, that you would anoint their mouth to be mouthpieces, God, to where they can speak into others and to where they can bring their friends, their neighbors, uh, their relatives, their their family members into the body of Christ where they can be saved. I pray and I ask for your blessings upon all that we do and say this week for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight.